Hey everyone, welcome back to Facially Conscious with myself, Trina Renee, esthetician, Dr. Vicki Rappaport, dermatologist, Rebecca Gadbury, the cosmetic ingredient guru, and our fabulous, overly educated consumer, Julie Falls. We are gathered here together with you to talk about this crazy world of aesthetics. It's confusing out there in this big, wide world. That's why we're here to help explain it to you all, subject by subject. We will be your go-to girls, and from our perspective, without giving medical advice, we will keep things facially conscious. Let's get started. Today's episode is on clean beauty, and we have lots of questions for Rebecca. She has written over 600 articles and uh, for consumers and for the professional journals, and um, she's still the the guru of that whole industry there. Um, she's taught people, thousands of people in the industry um, worldwide, and she knows the difference between green and clean and all of those questions that everybody has and nobody understands and there's so much marketing out there and so much uh, lies and now even I'm going to bring it up but even the influencers who are on Instagram and creating their own products and and artists creating their own products and uh, saying whatever they want the FDA you know a long time ago when it was just a few product lines the FDA could really control that um, with their rules and now you know they could slap you with a lawsuit and say, stop it, you're saying the wrong thing. <laughs> but now with the industry as it is on social media and everybody just seem like, buy my product, it does this and this and this, like they can't control that. So everything completely out of control, which we will at least get the information out there to the public that if they're listening to this podcast, they're going to know at least the truth behind the industry and they stop listening to the marketing that you're being fed. Because now we have billions of products and lines out there. Everybody has product lines. So it's like, who do you trust? What do you buy? Everyone is so confused. And me as an esthetician, seeing one-on-one -on -one clients, I hear this all the time. Like I have a thousands of, of products in my house and everybody tells me about this and by that and that works for them and it didn't work for me. They're so confused. I so wouldn't want to be a consumer today of skincare. I oh. really would not. No. And when so, I go into a department store or a drugstore to look for something, I get confused. Mm -hmm. And I know just by looking at the ingredient label what I'm holding. Right. It's <laughs> it's terrifying. Yes. But there are um there are definitely avenues. I mean, I I've been on this journey for many, many years and I was a patient of Dr. Vicky's where I met Trina, and I would say who possibly is the most knowledgeable esthetician I've ever met. And now I'm, you know, finding out so much of her education is through you. Mm -hmm. So and you can do your homework. You can. Absolutely. There's some products I'm interested in now because I never stop. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, a, a spa in, in New York. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a consultation with one of the estheticians. I can't go to New York right now. So, you know, and you meet people and you meet 
you know, doctors and estheticians and and you look at their skin and you look at their lifestyle and you mm-hmm. say, okay, what is it that you're doing? You know, and I, which is why I'm. This called. is our, our overly right. educated right. consumer I speaking. And I, I, have a, I have a very this. large following of, of women who follow me. And, and so I think that there are ways and that's hopefully what we're providing. Yes. You know, with this podcast. Yes. It's some education for. Okay. And. If it's not in this actual podcast, you're going to hopefully help us tell people where to seek it out because oh, there yeah. are there's so much misinformation out there. So hopefully yes. you can yes. guide us in that. Well, way that's too. why I've joined. Thank that's you. why I've joined the group. I was so excited last night, <laughs> I could not sleep. I didn't get to <laughs> sleep until like three thirty or four, and I had to get up at <gasps> seven. Was your little voice talking we in your head? So excited <laughs> Goodness, I was excited. I was thinking, I finally get to talk direct to people. I don't have to rely on you know what's that game telephone? Yes. I tell somebody, they tell somebody, and, and you so know on, that by so the on. third person, it's not the right information anymore. And right. so I can finally talk direct and with somebody who I adore, who I respect, and you two I'm growing to respect already, Dr. Vicki and Julie, and I'm very, very excited about oh, this. We're so happy Exciting. to have you on board. And, you know, she, um, Rebecca, was in the forefront of the product development for so many things, but some that I think the consumers will know is aloe vera, wow. UVA protection, hyaluronic acid, antioxidants beyond vitamin E, um, AHAs, which are alpha hydroxy acids, um, stabilized vitamin C, uh, peptides, rosacea, pollution protection, niacinamide, the microbiome, I mean, and you've seen so things many. come and go, like oh, the, bu- yeah. the buzzwords yeah. and the trendy things. Yeah. But can we get back to the clean beauty and, yeah, and yeah. stick on so that? So anyways, okay. yes, let's get to clean beauty. First of all, I had a, a lady I did a consultation on the other day who told me, she was probably in her 60s, I would say, and she told me that, I said, what do you use on your skin? And she's like, to be honest, Vaseline. And of that's course. it. Yeah. I was like, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I don't know, I've been in this business for 17 years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard people say they've used cold cream and stuff like that. And and Aquaphor or Vaseline when they're dry. But she said she doesn't wash her face. She doesn't put moisturizer. She does nothing. She just uses Vaseline. I was like, what? Well, that's actually <laughs> and interesting. And then for somebody bad. to do something so minimal and yet come to the esthetician, she's obviously ready for a change. <laughs> Right. The, right. What I used to She's say is... She's ready. No, actually, her daughter forced her to come. I think people who had, sorry, wind up at thousands the, of blackheads, is that from all the Vaseline? Not from Vaseline, because it's not comedogenic. I mean, in some people, it could be pretty clogging, but I love Vaseline. Well, I mean, I think if you put Vaseline on someone with acne, it would block their mm-hmm. pores from being able to expose that. What? Mm-mm. No. Okay, here we go. Here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. <laughs> well, what first are you of all, about, Rebecca, there is a very famous and very respected dermatologist out of the University of California at San Francisco that your dad knows, and you probably know too, Dr. Peter Elias. Okay. I yes. think he's retired now. He's the one that discovered what we call the intracellular fluid or the the fatty layer that goes around cells in the upper part of the skin, the stratum corneum. The mortar between the bricks. Right, exactly. Okay. And as a matter of fact, I think he called it the mortar between the bricks. And he was the one who originally found that mortar until then, 
until yeah. he discovered it, we didn't even know it existed. And we can go into the history of that later. But later on, about three or four years after, and this was in 1979, around 1983, he did a study on petrolatum, on over-the-counter drug-grade petrolatum, which is free of any impurities, no commonogenic materials or compounds, uh, no um, irritants, no carcinogens. Those are all mm -hmm. from different grades of petrolatum. But if you're using the pure drug-grade petrolatum, it doesn't have any of those things in it, which is why petrolatum, if it is Vaseline, which is drug-grade, will not clog your pores because it's the impurities in the petrolatum that clogs the pores, not the pure Vaseline form. Okay? Interesting. And what Peter discovered was that when you put Vaseline on the skin, it causes the cells that make up the stratum corneum to make more cement, more mortar. And so it does barrier repair. Yes. So it is an old-fashioned type of uh, moisturizer, if you will, or barrier repair agent. But it's also, as you know, really good after a peel or... Oh, we love... D dermatologists love Vaseline. And if mm -hmm. you want to be a fancy dermatologist, you say Aquaphor. But personally, I like yeah. Vaseline over Aquaphor. I love I Aquaphor, too. but I actually prefer Vaseline. And... After, you know, we do shape biopsies, biopsies, surgeries. Oftentimes, we'll just tell people to put Vaseline over the mm -hmm. wound and not even use polysporin or neosporin or mucosin because right. we actually like Vaseline better. Mm -hmm. Wow. But I the mean, pore clogging, truthfully, I was actually unaware that Vaseline did not clog pores. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. recommend it for an acne patient to put all over their face, but I like it for many other things. So that's right. very interesting information. And then, of course, we can talk about the people who don't want to use petroleum because it's, you know, from... You know, I say it's from the earth. It's quote unquote natural. It's, you know, it's, but they shouldn't be afraid of it. It's not carcinogenic. It's that there are impurities in it that could Right. Be. And you need to take them out. So back in the 1960s, uh, when we were using petrolatum, which is not petroleum, it's petrolatum. It's like the jelly material that is purified out of the black gold Texas tea, you know, the oil stuff that comes out of the ground. Yeah. Um, when we were using that, we didn't realize what impurities were. And so a cosmetic grade of petrolatum and a drug grade of petrolatum and an industrial grade or mechanics grade of petrolatum were all Very treated different. the same in the cosmetic industry. So if you saw petrolatum in a product, and in 1977 we started putting ingredients on the label, before that you didn't even know what was in your product. So back in the 60s, wow. they would use just anything, whatever was cheapest. Mm -hmm. So you'd wind up with an industrial grade or uh, um, a cosmetic grade of petrolatum. And for the industrial grade, it contained carcinogens and it contained irritants and comedogenic ingredients or pore clogging ingredients. The cosmetic grade didn't contain the irritants or the carcinogens, but it did contain the pore cloggers. The pure grade is pure and it has to hold to an over-the-counter drug standard with the FDA to have no impurities. Vaseline is pure petrolatum. Is, so, is Aquaphor as well? Yeah. Yeah, because it's well, an OTC grade. Now, the problem is, is that in ingredient labels, if you're looking at a cosmetic, it'll just say petrolatum. If you're looking at an over-the-counter drug, it'll say petrolatum USP, 
which stands for the drug grade, U.S. Pharmacopeia. So if you're using the USP grade, that's great, but you don't know what you're using in a cosmetic because it's illegal to put USP on. It's a mm. drug claim. Interesting. Yeah. So you trust the USP? I do trust the USP. I mean, that's the part, like when you're looking for something, right. if it says petrolatum, <clears throat> USP. P. The problem is, is that you don't know what you're looking at in a cosmetic. So you're going to need to talk to who's ever selling it or go online and perhaps the company has a contact where you can ask the question. I'd well, love to get your opinion about certain cosmetics companies that for years I used their products and then found out that, you know, they did testing on animals. And mm -hmm. then I was told that if um, it's sold in China, mm -hmm. that it's going to, it's going to be tested on animals. Mm -hmm. So kind of singly singled out some of those companies. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's, I know we're not supposed to endorse, but there's companies like Credo that sell mm -hmm. just Clean. I'm, yeah, I'm curious. I know we're going to get into the whole clean beauty thing. Yeah. And I'd love, I'm sure that there's aspects of it uh, that are kind of radical. Right. Um, but I, I feel at the same time, a lot of it was kind of necessary mm -hmm. um, in, in this industry. I'm just so curious. And I know Trina has many questions yeah. about that, too. So maybe I'm mm -hmm. prematurely getting into that. But well, you we'll are kind of leading us into it. We'll touch on that in just a minute. I just wanted to, um, I mean... We just had our first blow my mind um, thing with Rebecca about mm -hmm. petroleum, right. but um, petrolatum. Sorry, <laughs> petroleum <laughs> is a source material. <laughs> yeah, and about eighty percent in about ten years ago, about eighty percent of all ingredients in cosmetics were from petroleum. That number is going down because we want to start looking at what's called green chemistry, mm -hmm. which takes us away from petroleum as a source material. So that's leading us into green chemistry, which is probably a topic for an entire show. <laughs> which we should. Yeah. And, which is and different than clean beauty. Very, It's what clean beauty wants to be, uh -huh. but isn't. And it frustrates me to use the term clean beauty. But before we go down that road, yes. I want to address Julie's uh, question about products that are sold in China are always tested on animals. A lot of big companies like Estee Lauder will have product that they sell in the rest of the world, and then they sell the same product name in China, and it has to be tested on animals until last year. And China has now gotten rid of the requirement for animal testing. Oh, that's wonderful. So that'll relieve a lot of people, I Wait, think. Wait, China think had a requirement for animal testing? Yes. You had to test it on animals? Absolutely Why? had to. While the EU in around 2010 prevented anything from being tested on animals. So if you wanted to sell in the EU, the European Union, and you wanted to sell in China, you couldn't sell the same product. That is so... Okay, but can you just explain quickly why you had to test on animals in, for the China products? Because that's just what China said. It only We only use it on our humans if, if it's been proven yes. to be safe in animals. China mandated it. Now, if you look at what? Chinese practices <laughs> and what we've seen over the years with the dog food Absolutely. and yeah. some of the other things with impurities, it makes sense that we China wanted things tested on animals. animals. We encourage it. So bizarre. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's but, nice to hear that that yeah. that's 
been put a stop to. Yeah. No. Well, it's not put a stop to. No. They don't require oh, it. Oh, I see. Meaning you, you can still, still can do, do it. it which yes. means all the chemists there who are used to doing it will probably continue to do not it. Not necessarily, because animal tests are not really transferable to humans. They are very inaccurate. Like the Dre's rabbit eye study is only 48% accurate to a human. Mm. There are much, much more accurate tests that you can do that do not require live animals. And one of them is called the cornea test, where we can drop in the material that we're testing. If it clouds the cornea, we know we have irritation. Or if we get certain biochemicals that are being thrown off by cells in a Petri dish, uh, we know that we have irritation of the skin. We don't have to test on animals anymore. But but testing on humans' uh, corneas is okay? <laughs> Not human corneas. Oh. Yeah, it could be animal corneas. But it's cornea. You know when you have your corneas removed? Mm -hmm. Okay. You can have them removed after death, too. Mm. And so when you contribute body parts after death, when you oh, donate body parts, corneas are one of the part of the donation. You can keep that alive? Yeah. In a petri dish, I know it's interesting Your you mentioned Estee Lauder because they own so many companies. They now. do, so that encompasses Mac and companies. Bobby Brown so and Bobby Brown. yeah, all of those. All yeah, of those. I, 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 so all of their, I mean, just uh, yeah. What is the status? All of, all right of their the products that they acquire then are made in their lab. Some of them point. are. Some of them are made in labs like my family owns because mm. uh, we own one of the top uh, high-performance skincare manufacturing and lab developments in companies in the world. But I no longer own any part of it. I sold out to my son. Yes. And he's the I CEO now. Yeah. Well, would you be comfortable purchasing products um, in some of those companies you just mentioned? That you Absolutely, don't, You don't I think would. they're testing on animals anymore in the United States? Estee Lauder is a leader in testing technology and ingredient technology. Because I, even if they're not testing in the U.S., if I know they're testing in China on animals, I still don't want to buy it. But you're not buying the same product. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't want to support the company, though. Well, that, then that's, that's your choice. Your yeah, and that's, that's also part yeah. of, like, clean beauty. I know we're going to talk about clean beauty yeah. in a second, right. but the definition And I'd like to know what the difference between me, clean and green. Well, yeah, is I'll clean beauty company, that. is it obviously... You know, it has to do with ingredients and packaging, but it's also about the companies. Yes. What is clean beauty? And what's the difference between the word clean and green? Because clean... And mean. <laughs> green beauty, I think, uh, and clean beauty, to me, uh, sound like they're the same thing. But is there a difference? And what is it? Well, I'd like to ask you, you three a question. What do you think clean beauty is? What's your impression of it? Who wants to go first? Um, Julie. It is uh, knowing the sources of, you know, where things are, are derived from, um, organic ingredients, um, knowing that things are not being tested on animals. Um, boy, um, you know, lo lots of, lots of uh, aspects to it. But for me, that's, that's it. It would be, you know, the testing and... Um, what kind of testing? Um, not testing on animals. Oh, okay. Um, and then not using chemicals that could be harmful, uh, you know, toxic chemicals and uh, 
things like that. I'm same. I mean, yeah, that's basically right? what I hear from my clients who want to use um, products that are uh, well. You hear no chemicals, um, or they don't want to use bad chemicals. Um, and so, clean beauty to me, or green beauty, is that exact like they don't want the chemicals. They want as natural as they can get. They want it in a sustainable container. Um, glass, or they don't want to use plastic. Um, all right, that's pretty radical. Yeah, I, this is what I hear all I the time. I mean, listen, I'm using uh, a toner on a fairly regular basis that has phenol in it. Phenol. 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 Yeah. So I know that that's probably terrible. No, is isn't it? Isn't it? You know, toxic. Phenol. No. No. Okay. It's a no. great acid. Oh, well, okay. actually. Everything's toxic. Everything's okay. toxic. Okay. And we're going to talk about okay, that. Good, 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 good. Because the use of the word toxic or toxin is completely erroneous when it comes to cosmetics. So we'll talk about, I'll share the reason I said that in a, in a few minutes. I just want to hear the rest of what you're saying. I had a feeling that you were really going to debunk a lot of this mm -hmm. BS. So mm -hmm. I'm really looking I mean, forward to it. I would say my quick answer to the clean beauty versus green beauty is there's, I know there's no legal definition, but in my very brief response would be no parabens because they're endocrine disruptors. Although I actually think parabens are fine. And I'm not saying I believe, I'm saying like what I think that the world believes. Clean beauty is no parabens. Uh, there are other preservatives I know that people think are better. Um, and I agree about the packaging. If the packaging can be sustainable and biodegradable, and then if the company supports environmental issues and donates that to me that's a green that's a green beauty company oh, yeah. um, i know that there are cancer causing agents that um are in certain cleansing not not skin care but in, in other household cleansing products that we're going to probably discover more and more as time goes on hopefully there are no cancer causing agents in you know the levels that are in skin care um and i think that you know as as um I, I don't see clean beauty as organic necessarily. No. I just say, you know, hopefully that there are, uh, the ingredients are as clean as possible in terms of what we know are cancer-causing agents. Okay. Okay. Were we all right? We'll see <laughs> what wrong. I wrote down. Or wrong. Oh, there's our notes. <laughs> it's an entire page. <laughs> um, you're right. In At UCLA, when we're in class, we talk about Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones is the consumer that does not represent our opinions, but represents the consumer's opinions. We have Julie to represent that, but I'm going to talk about Mrs. Jones also, uh, because you're right. It's not necessarily our opinions as professionals but it's opinions that come to us that we have to work with and to manage their expectations and to tell them the truth, which is a lot of times something they don't want to hear, um, I've found over the years. So, but clean beauty to me, let me take you back just a little bit. There's natural, right? And, and everybody was getting on the natural bandwagon. Um, this was back in the 70s and the 80s, and we had the natural foods, we have natural products. The problem with natural ingredients is that they are very hard to formulate with. They're extremely unstable. They're color unstable. They go rancid like butter. Mm -hmm. Your oils, like your, your ole high oleic acid oils, will go rancid. 
Uh, if they're extremely natural, they'll go even more rancid, like you were talking about hemp oil and how you get all the goodies in there for the hemp oil that it's unpurified. That is the most unstable of all. It's also the most natural. Yeah. Uh, another problem that we have with pure naturals, and that means that they're sourced directly from nature uh, without any processing at all. That's what it means to me anyway. There's no legal definition, by the way. The FDA tried to define natural back in the 80s. They called 1,800 people out of the phone book. They asked, what does natural mean? They got 1,800 answers. <laughs> so natural simply means what you either think it means or the brand or the esthetician or doctor mm -hmm. thinks it means. Mm -hmm. And so you need to talk to the person you're talking to that's claiming their product's natural. Or when you're asking for natural, you need to let them know what you mean. They need to let you know what they mean because it's an ambiguous term. So ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on a site uh -huh. that's all clean beauty. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can just discuss, um, and I know you're going into it, I'm sorry, but cruelty-free? Mm -hmm. uh, that's not clean beauty. Okay. It's cruelty-free. Okay. Okay. Parabens? That's not clean beauty. Phthalates? Phthalates? Phthalates. P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S. Okay. Um, deodorants that don't block sweat glands, lip things, um... I'm just looking, what is, what are they, okay, unlike chemical sunscreens, uh, which have linked to hormone disruption, harm aquatic ecosystems, we only sell mineral sunscreens, okay, here's that. Okay, yeah, we want to talk about sunscreens, because okay. that, that is a really interesting So that's interesting just a little background. bit of what this particular okay. site claims, and I, and I do buy some products that. from here. Okay, yeah. sorry. Can I finish a little bit about the history of how Clean Beauty came Please. around? So... We've always had these no-no lists, free-from lists. The FDA hates them. Like we say free-from PABA, that's illegal to make that claim because it makes PABA look like it's a bad ingredient for companies that are using it and claim that it's safe. So if you're saying free from PABA, you need to have something to document why you're saying free from PABA. Now, so few people, companies use PABA anymore because it happens to be an allergen and it uh, exacerbates acne, so we don't use it anymore. Uh, but back in the day, in the 80s, the 90s, natural was huge. Everybody was claiming natural, but the products were not that effective. And then we started to get alpha hydroxy acids and Retin-A and peptides, and we started to see there's a lot of really performing ingredients out there that we can have. So bigger companies started to go towards more science. Well, little companies getting into the industry didn't really have a leg to stand on. And they couldn't afford the clinicals that the bigger companies pay for to show that their product's working. They couldn't, perf they couldn't do certain tests to make sure that their products were safe. So instead, to claim safety, they came up with a list of ingredients that were toxic. Toxic means poisonous, okay? It's based on the word toxin, which is poisonous, okay? Or venomous or whatever. There are no toxic ingredients in cosmetics, and I'll explain that in a minute. So, but they started calling them toxic. What they actually mean, these clean beauty brands, is that they're free of allergens, they're free of irritants, okay? That doesn't mean clean beauty. That means free of allergens and free of irritants. And 
you can't be free of allergens either because there's going to be somebody out there that's allergic to something. So if they're that person, then your line is not allergen-free for that person. It may be for everybody else, but not that person. So you can't really make that claim. So when we go and we look at these little companies that wanted to make a name in the industry, they started to say, well, we don't contain sulfates. We don't contain parabens. We don't contain this or that. I started working with free from lists in the, in the beginning, well, in the late 1980s. I had a short list that has grown to over 50 chemicals now or ingredients, and I have a reason for every one that I don't use, but none of them have to do with toxicity. They either have to do with drying the skin out like sulfates do. That's not toxicity. That's drying the skin out. It's damaging the barrier of the skin. Or parabens because they're endocrine disruptors. Well, we can talk about that when you bring that up because that's a huge story. And they're endocrine disruptors, but they are very, very weak disruptors. Mm -hmm. There and are more things that are more common disruptors that we do every day. Like household well, and cleaners and things. Like Hershey candy bars. Wow. Disgusting. Oh, sorry wow. for Hershey's. <laughs> but yes, and all the, the minute amount of parabens that are in the products are not going to cause. <gasps> but they accumulate, and that isn't really the issue. But hold on, and we'll get there. Okay. Wait, what's so, wrong with Hershey's candy bars? <laughs> we'll get there too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because when we talk about phthalates, we're going to talk about Hershey candy bars and when we talk about parabens. So to okay. finish this thing on clean beauty, I yeah. really think it's gotten away from everybody. And some of the companies are saying, well, there's 1,300 something ingredients that are banned in Europe. Well, if you look at what the ingredients that are banned are, is it's things like, uh, let me see, I wrote them down. Hold on a second. It's things like metformin, which is the drug for diabetes. That's banned in Europe? It's banned in cosmetics. I didn't even know, I they, didn't know they were putting, putting it in, in they the cosmetics. Don't. That's the whole point is oh. they've got things on that list you would never put in a cosmetic. In Barbiturates, <gasps> antibiotics, jet fuel. Did you know that people... If you <laughs> don't tell them to not put jet fuel in, they are likely to do it. Oh, my God. They're not. Strychnine, cyanide, arsenic, they're all on that list. That's so weird. So when people say we don't use these 1,300 ingredients that are not used in the, in the EU, well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. You should check the list. And if you want to check the list, go online and look up the following. EU for European Union. Annex, A-N-N-E-X, Roman numeral two, Roman numeral three, prohibited substance list. And you will see, get the entire list. You can download it. And then you'll see how ridiculous that claim is. Wow. Well, I, I would imagine some of your clients who come in and they're so nitpicky. How do you, how do you provide some of this information to them? I mean, you're not I mean, if they're, if they're that nitpicky. But maybe Rebecca can offer you some kind mm -hmm. of like. I mean, usually. Tell them here's the list you need to worry about. Usually, well, what I would you, say is, what are you concerned about? But what the, usually it's they're having a baby or they're, they have small children. Right. Usually it's them or there's just some that are really like, I'm trying to be as natural as possible. I don't, I'm, I'm doing refillable glass jars. I'm going to these bandwagon. That's yeah. But the whole... funny, the funny thing is 
that they'll still come in and get a facial from me and don't ask me about what I'm putting on their skin. Right. While during the facial, and well, it's like, but they don't like want to use who it at don't home. Don't want vaccinations, but then they're right. checking into the hospital with COVID and allowing them to have yeah. I, themselves to have IVs and everything. Or <laughs> people who don't want any animal byproducts in their products, but they eat meat. Right. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, I it's, had. An, it's a decision of convenience, as far as a I lot had an of people. All not natural everybody. client who was like really, really like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be strict. Tell me what product lines I can use. I did some investigating online to try and find something for her. And then she came in and she she said, be careful because I just got Botox five days ago. And I was like, <laughs> wait, you'll get Botox, but you want you just made me do all that research for all natural stuff. And she it. goes, well, I Botox there's a limit, okay, <laughs> to what I will do. <laughs> like, well, at least she can. And Botox isn't here. natural, by it, the way. What? Botox isn't natural. It's <laughs> right. Yes, I, guess, I know. I guess she said, uh, <laughs> but I she's to, like, I have to stop, have somewhere. To stop somewhere. <laughs> I need my Botox. <laughs> yeah, at least she could be humorous and honest about it. All right. <laughs> well, you were talking about phthalates, okay? And phthalates are these ingredients that go into things like um, essential oils, fragrances. They um, help to uh, make product last longer. So they're they're in a number of things. The most common one is DBT called dibutyl phthalate. And dibutyl phthalate is in nail polish. Nail polish has the highest levels of dibutyl phthalate. The reason it's a problem is because it's teratogenic. It causes reproductive uh, harm to, to the babies. So if you've got a buildup of it or you're using a nail polish with it in it while you're pregnant, that can be a concern. It'll be listed dibutyl phthalate on the container, not DBT. Should never use an abbreviation. If it says DBT, it's an illegal listing, by the way. Mm, okay. Wow. So uh, the ingredient DBT, dibutyl phthalate, is in there at such a level, and it's at the highest level in a nail polish, that you could eat seven bottles of nail polish. I'm sorry. 15 bottles of nail polish for seven years and not reach the reproductive toxicity level that is dangerous for a baby. Wow. On the other hand, you can eat a Hershey bar. And Hershey bar has a reproductive toxin in it called theobromine. Theobromine is a stronger reproductive toxin than dibutyl phthalate. It's in at the weakest amount uh, Hershey bars, because it's a milk chocolate bar, not a dark chocolate bar. Dark chocolate's going to have a higher theobromine level. If you take a Hershey bar and split it into 1,700 pieces and you eat one piece a day, you're getting the level that is the same as seven bottles for, for I'm sorry, 15 bottles for seven years of a nail polish. And yet we'll eat a Hershey bar. We'll eat dark chocolate. Dang. That's and we don't think insane. anything about it. We'll use CBDs. We'll take them. CBDs are also teratogenics, reproductive toxins. As a matter of fact, the state of California just put CBD oil, and uh, I think it's just CBD, on the Prop 65 list, saying that the state of California knows it's a reproductive toxin. That CBD is? Yes, and it has to be... 
at mm. the sales point, whether it's on a website or on in a on a shelf, it has to be at the sales point wherever CBDs are sold, either external use or internal. So if a woman who is of reproductive age, would you, you tell her not to use CBD? I absolutely would. Or eat a Hershey bar? Or eat a Hershey Seriously? bar. Seriously? No, if they're concerned. I'm not concerned about it because I don't think it has anything to do with what's really going on in the body. So, you know, these studies that come out that say uh, we picked up traces of this in the urine. Well, that's a really good sign because it means the body didn't hold on to it. It's excreting it. Mm. So you want to see it in the urine. You don't want to see it held in the body. Mm. So Prop 65, can you just explain what that is really quick? It's called the Clean Water Act of uh -huh. California, and it went into effect in the 1980s. So there are over 3,000 ingredients on this list. And uh, you have to post wherever a reproductive toxin that is on this list that is known to the state of California to be a reproductive toxin, in other words, it's on the list, uh, you have to post at the point of sale that this store, this gas station, this restaurant sells material with materials or ingredients with uh, reproductive toxins that are known to the state of California. You don't have to identify what the reproductive toxin is. You but just have to post it. But this is only in California. It's only in California. It is not nationwide. However, thinking, remembering that California is the fifth largest economy in the world, almost everything is going to be sold here. So as California goes, so goes the nation. So the FDA doesn't have to regulate it if California's regulating it. Mm. So if a lab is making products um, in California, they have to follow Prop 65. But if a lab Absolutely. is making products in New York, they do not? They do if they're selling in California. So then they do it because they Absolutely. know that they're going to sell it in yeah. California, most likely. Yeah, you can make it in Timbuktu. Right. But if you're selling in California, you have to adhere to that law. And so there's a number of other laws in California that you have to adhere to, too. So so basically, like, clean beauty is just being more conscious of the ingredients you're putting in the products? I don't think so. I think it's a way of directing the conversation. Directing it's a marketing it, It's tool. a marketing thing, pure and simple. And it's directing the conversation away from pointed inquiries, like... How do you prove the product is safe? Mm -hmm. Excluding ingredients does not prove a product is safe. Right. Just saying it's this isn't in it. Right. Isn't saying what's in it. It's not saying what's in it. It's also not saying it's effective. And I don't know about everybody else, but if I buy a skincare product or any product, I want it to be effective as well as safe. So when it's so clean beauty products that are claiming clean beauty um, isn't really, it's just uh, something to market to your clients that it's you a way of, are aware of. It's a way of giving the consumer peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I don't have any peace of mind being a chemist. Mm -hmm. I have no peace of mind hearing clean beauty. As a matter of fact, it's a red light for me because it means to me that the company probably haven't, hasn't done the safety tests. If they state, state that they're not using toxins, they don't know anything about biochemistry. And the skin is a biochemistry, biochemical organ, so you need to know. If a company says chemical-free, everything 
in the universe is made of chemicals except for light and electricity. And so if you don't know that your products contain chemicals, you don't know how to prove that they're safe. You don't take the time to see if they are used at effective levels or if they're protected in the product from oxidation or uh, from light contamination, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you really need to know that you're dealing with chemicals. Ingredients that are plant-based or, quote, natural, there's a problem with that if you claim that it's chemical-free because it's the chemicals in the plant that make the plant effective. If well, you don't know... chemical-free doesn't make... It It just doesn't exist, period. It can't exist. Every... It exists in a vacuum. What does that mean? There's no air in it because air yeah. is a chemical. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like literally in a vacuum, not... Yeah, right. not <laughs> I thought you meant like a vacuum that you vacuumed. No, I was driving down the San Diego freeway on the way to UCLA for class one day, and there it was raining, and there was a traffic alert that came over the radio, and it said there's a chemical spill on such and such freeway. And I thought, well, of course there is. It's raining. Yeah, that's cute. Because <laughs> rain is H two O. That's cute. Right. Yeah, this chemical spilling chemical. right now. Yeah, it's it's chemical spill all the time. I love what days kind of, of chemicals? Tea. Right. So this word toxic that um, that people say like our ingredient like are you using toxic ingredients? Toxic doesn't get used in cosmetic chemistry because we don't use tox. Toxic. Everything is a toxin. Uh-huh. Everything's a toxin. And every organic chemical, simply meaning that it has carbon in it, uh, that so the chemical has been part of a biosystem, a life form, mm -hmm. um, they're all carcinogens. There are 11 million chemicals in the world, and 90% of them are organic, meaning 90% of the ingredients that we have or chemicals out there are carcinogens. Mm -hmm. And if you say your product doesn't contain carcinogens, you're lying. Mm -hmm. Everything's a carcinogen that it's comes that from an animal. It's to what degree you're putting them right. in the products so and it's how not much you're the taking. Presence. It's not the presence of the ingredient. It's, it's the way you use it. Right. And so there's five, there's five parameters. <laughs> I just held up four, four, four fingers. She there, went five and she was holding four fingers. Yes. There's five. Five parameters. There's the amount, or what we call the level. I call them the three L's. Okay, the level, the percentage that's in there. If you make a salad, you are making a a, a carcinogenic um, meal. If you eat a truckload of that, or like five truckloads of it, but nobody's going to do that, right? Right. Well, just like if you drink too much water, right. it can kill you. Absolutely, it is also. A chemical. Dihydrogen that, monoxide. Right. Yeah. And there's and, been, there has actually been bans on university campuses to ban dihydrogen monoxide on campus <gasps> because people don't know what they're talking about. So the science <laughs> students get kind of crazy every once in a while. <laughs> and they and just, they'll put out a, uh, you know, a, a things that you sign. Uh, petition. Petition. Just to mess to, with people. Just to mess with people. Love it. <laughs> or they'll put, in Michigan, there was a sign at one of the water fountains, caution, this uh, water fountain dispenses dihydrogen monoxide, be careful. <laughs> 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 and it is, it's lethal. If you hold your head under it, you'll die. <laughs> you drink too much of it, you'll die. So it's the level, it's the percentage. Right. It's not the presence. Um, so there's you the say location that, that it's put in. Location. The what? The location. 
What does that mean? Do you take it orally? Do you put it on the surface of your skin? If you take something orally, it's going to go into the body. There's no barriers. But if you put it on the surface of the skin, your skin has a barrier. Mm. These companies that say it goes directly from your skin into your bloodstream, <laughs> that is so, I'm going to say bogus, but I mean something else. BS. P-O-S. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not true. And you don't want that to happen anyway. So there's not a product that, I mean, an ingredient or product that you can put on your skin that goes into the bloodstream? There is. It acts like a barrier. There's something called DMSO Mm -hmm. that you can't put into cosmetics, at least not in the state of California. That goes into the bloodstream. You remember that? Sure. And the way that we discovered that DMSO as an an ingredient took um, other chemicals into the bloodstream the bloodstream from your hands is guys at the newspaper printing um, factories would take the newspapers that had just been printed and while they were still wet, they were cured with DMSO. And they would hold these barehanded and then toss the newspapers onto the truck. And they were getting cancer from the ink that was coming off their hands with the DMSO and penetrating their hands. Mm. Location also means where are you putting it? If you put an ingredient or a product or an ingredient on the palm of your hands or the foot of uh, the sole of your foot, there's no barrier there. So it's going to penetrate very easily. If you put it um, on the sides of your throat, it's going to be picked up by the bloodstream and you're, you're going to be able to taste it in a matter of seconds to minutes. Mm-hmm. Take that with an orange oil. Okay. If it is the, the type of chemical it is, if it's oil soluble or it's like an essential oil, it's going to penetrate a lot faster. If the skin is wet, it's going to penetrate a lot faster, which is why we do humidifiers or mm-hmm. steamers in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do a facial, because a wet skin is 10 times more absorbent than a dry skin. Right. That was discovered back in the 80s by uh, Dr. Zol, uh, Joel, I can't remember Joel's last name. Anyway, so it's living some, history. So living history. Uh, for for the our audience to understand, is there an ingredient that's toxic enough in Mercury? a pro- product that could hurt mm-hmm. you in right. a product? Mercury has been found in products that are made in Mexico and fa- and traveled across the border. Uh, lead at very, very low levels has been found in some lipsticks, but not in levels high enough to do any damage to the human body at all. Okay. Um, there are ingredients that uh, are banned in cosmetics, but because they're banned, there's 11 ingredients that the FDA bans. You can go online and look up FDA bans 11 cosmetic ingredients. You can find out what the ingredients are. Is it possible that maybe, you know, if if you use over and over and over, like on a daily basis, that these things can can add up and become more dangerous? Well, that's the whole thing. That's like with the dibutyl phthalate. That's one of our biggest concerns right now is the accumulated... lifetime use, mm-hmm. also getting into the water supply. Mm. I'm more, as as a scientist, I'm more concerned about water supply mm-hmm. than I am on individual human use. Interesting. Because the levels of most of these things that can damage the body are so high, we'll never 
reach the lifetime accumulated use. And the fact that certain chemicals are kept in the body for years doesn't mean that they're harming the body. State of California is funding research on bioaccumulation in the body. And we're finding things that have bioaccumulated, but they don't do anything to the body. Mm. So the fact that it's helped doesn't mean that it's damaging. um, Anthony Williams, the medical medium, and he's, oh, my God, you're dry cleaning. You have your carpets clean. Everything in your house is killing you, basically, he says. I I mean, don't listen to him. Everything is killing you. (laughs) Well, that's why we're living longer as humans. (laughs) He's he's very freaky. He's like, yeah. as far as he's concerned, right. get, yeah. get rid of everything. Well, the other thing, there's certain things that we don't even think about. Like if you grab uh, a receipt and it's still wet from being printed, that can release a chemical that can cause problems. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah. Those, those receipts yeah. are... Right. But not from one time. Not from one time. But let's say you're the cashier. And, and you're daily constantly, constantly, constantly touching yeah. those things. Yeah. So if you're a consumer, it's not really going to be a problem. But they if have you're to the change cashier. what they're making them out of. That's they all have to. They yeah. you This know information came out in 2012, so that's being. It's changed. interesting what you said about what hands. Like in, in the bathroom here, there's one of those blow dryer. Right. Know, right. And I read that you can pick up more germs if your hands are damp. Yes. I like to use a paper towel, but I stand there right. for a really long time drying my hands. <laughs> yeah. So is it kind of like the same kind of thing with your White damp- skin is 10 times more absorbent. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. That's why we have people mist their face before they put their moisturizer on so exactly. that the moisturizer works even better. Uh, or, or a toner. Or a toner or an eczema patient. You know, we have them use wet pajamas. Right. And wet pajamas. Wow. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. So medication oh, oh, goes them. on their skin. And they sleep with wet pajamas, so the medication goes in better. I know, it's sad. And and if you put on Vaseline on wet skin when you get out of the shower or the bath, it's going to help keep the water in. Yes. So it's much better of a moisturizer. Wait, put moisturizer on while you're wet? While you're wet, you put on Vaseline. Okay. Seals in the layer of water. I mean, I know that. Well, I do that naturally but i didn't even think about it i mean i guess if i thought about it i would know that my mother used to get out of <laughs> cuz i do it for the her, face like, neutrogena oil on while she was wet yeah. um so when you're looking at these lists mm-hmm. and you've been mentioning some of the websites the question i have is great you don't use those ingredients how do you prove your products are safe interesting yeah yeah what are you using if you don't test safe? on animals how do you prove your products are safe mm. I have a question. Um, is it true cosmetic companies knowingly put cancer-causing ingredients in their products? Because why would they do that? Well, since practically everything's cancer-causing, yeah, we knowingly do that. We know how to. That's why we have thing people call cosmetic chemists. Cosmetic chemists know not to use anything at a level or in the manner of being applied or any of what we just talked about. Uh, anything that would fit into those parameters. So we knowingly use them. If you're a cosmetic chemist, you know that everything's going to be carcinogenic if it's organic. But you also know how to work around that so that it's not. So you lo- use less. Uh, right. Right. Well, but, and, or when you, you, when you, with your five L's, did you mm-hmm. finish with the five L's? No, Because I location, didn't. level. Length of exposure. Length of exposure. So as you know, if you put CBD oil on the skin, but it's in a cleanser, as you talked about during the CBD broadcast, Uh uh, it's not going to do anything. So it's the length of time. 
it's where it's applied, it's how it's applied, and it's in what other formulas it's in. Because you can put something in a product that does not have antioxidants to protect the freshness of the ingredient, and it can become oxidized, and that can be carcinogenic. <coughs> Bless you. Okay. I guess my question to you as a chemist and to you, Dr. Vicki, as a doctor, is that, I mean, isn't cancer, the, the cancer numbers higher than ever? No. No. Okay. No. So we, I think that's what people are so afraid of, like, all these things are going into the environment and they're poisoning our air and poisoning our water and our, our diets and our, our skin care and our hair and everything. And that's what's causing the cancer. But it isn't. Okay. As a matter of fact, uh, at UC Berkeley, uh, they were doing some epidemiological studies and they found that the per capita rate of cancer has gone down drastically wow. in the last 20 years. Wow. Well, and, and I, you know, I laugh when you said that's, you know, sarcastically, that's why we're living longer. It's because yeah. we have more cancer. Right. I, I, yes, yeah. their cancer is rampant. What is it coming from? I mean, there are so many beliefs, but all the processed food could be one of those. Stop eating processed the stress food, levels people. That we're under. Stress levels. There are a lot of things yeah, that you can a lot choose of to avoid and, and yeah. choose like a more healthy lifestyle. But I think it is hard to take all your furniture out of your house and all the formaldehyde releasing things in your life. It is hard, but there are things you can choose. And to maybe do. there are more people in the world and people are living longer. And, and that, that's per capita. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's why the, so, the longer, in my practice, the longer people live. Yeah. I mean, we do see more melanomas, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But it is because people are living longer. And it's like we've had so much sun exposure in our lives that 80, 90-year-olds are getting melanomas because they probably, you know, they've lived long they, enough they're to living, get them. Yeah. We're almost all, you know, they say almost all men are going to get prostate cancer if they live a certain age. Wow. It's not cancer is them. a disease of age. Right. So if you live long enough, it's guaranteed you're going to get cancer mm. because right. it's the way that the body operates. How can we go out quicker? That's, get COVID, darling. Get COVID. It's called a okay. potassium okay. push. You just put yeah. potassium in your veins. You're good. You're and out. you're gone. Yeah. Okay, I'll come to you when I'm ready for that. So as far as cancer is concerned and as far as longevity is concerned, we have added 30 years to longevity to the average human life in the United States since the 1900s, since 1900, the average age was 53. Mm. Now it's like 77. We were a little higher, but COVID has dropped it. Wow. So for the first time, we're regressing. Wow. Okay. Another thing about sunscreens and melanoma is that UVA is the melanoma ray. And so for many years, we blocked, or we blocked, we reduced the amount of UVB UVB exposure, which was our burning ray, mm -hmm. which was our warning to get out of the sun, mm -hmm. we stayed out there and soaked up the UVA. Well, that's my beef about the tanning booths. Yeah, exactly. They're only A. Yeah. So people are in there day after day after day right. after day. They're not getting burned, so they don't, you know, tailor themselves. Yeah. And then 20 years later, they have a, you know, a melanoma. Hello, right. what's the point? I mean, most people aren't exactly. going into tanning booths, and hopefully they know not that because it's on the list of... <laughs> please avoid. But yeah, I mean, you need to be in an A, you know, yeah, protection. Absolutely. And if those bulbs are buzzing, they're also releasing UVC, 
which is a so, cancer-causing ring. Wow. Um, Rebecca did a thing where she, uh, you, I forgot where I saw it, but um, she, because of being in front of her computer forever, mm-hmm. she went to the dermatologist and found you had something on your face and they you did that picture where you right. saw all the spots yeah. on your face yeah. and said, this is what my computer did to me. Right. Why and do it's you think not it's just the computer. computer? It's not just the computer. I had one of the early LED lights over my desk, and I would the best time that I used to be able to write was at 4 o'clock in the morning from 4 to about 9. So I'd get up at 4 and turn this light on. And because I didn't want it to bother my husband, who was also in the room, I would put the light right on the right side of my face. So the first skin cancers, the first basal cells that I got basal cell skin cancers, were it right in the very corner of my eye near my nose. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a skin very cancer. Very commonplace. You can get but, that from LED? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm here to, to say that I would tell you that it was all the UV that you had. You're fair. No, I, I go to uh, Dr. Bryna Kane, who's retired now, but she's she was one of the top dermatologists in California. She completely agreed with me. And that then it was from I, your computer? No, it was from my LED light that was releasing HEV rays. And so if you take a look at that picture, you can see that my skin under the, what's the it's name damaged. of the light? Well, it's just a, it's like a black light. Yeah, it's like a black light. Yeah. Uh, you could see that I've got much more damage on in the right side, side of my face than on the left the side. the other side of where most driving. people get it from right. the driving. Yeah. And most of, I've had like five skin cancers now. They've all been on the right side of my face. So, and then. The, I think probably the accumulation of everything, right? I'm sure, you know, even though you probably were very good about sunscreen at a certain age. No, I wasn't. When we were little, ah. nobody was. My <laughs> grandmother, I grew up on a boat in California. There you go. Or in Catalina. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. She used to slather. They used to call us the ghosts, my cousins and I, because she used to slather titanium dioxide oh, that's great. all over our faces. So it, I will always thank her for that. Was yeah. that like the first sunscreen? Because I well, grew up in Miami. One I of the don't first remember sunscreen. The white surfer nose. <laughs> well, yeah. zinc, zinc oxide yeah. is more the white surfer yeah. nose. But yeah. as we know, it's not the best sunscreen. <laughs> you know, yeah. zinc and titanium are great and they're healthful, but they're not actually like, the, they're not the best sunscreens by themselves. They just yes, don't we have. Yes, we did a well. sunscreen... Um, episode but i'd like to do another one with i'd love to hear that i'll listen to it yeah and then we'll do a second this is the end of part one of our episode discussing clean beauty tune in next time for part two of our conversation this podcast is so needed in the world right now There's so much information out there that it's hard to know who to believe and if it's right for you. We are very excited to be your guides and bring you Facially Conscious. You can find info we talked about today in our show notes and on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Please subscribe, like, and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps others find us. And if you have any questions or ideas, please send us an email at info at